0: March or die. Glad to have you with me today and looking forward to another fantastic conversation, which I'll tell you about in just a minute. But before I do, if you are listening to the podcast version of this, I want to remind you to subscribe. Subscribe wherever it is you're listening to this from so that you are aware of when new podcast episodes come online and you can listen to this just about anywhere that podcasts can be found and you have your favorite player. Please make sure you subscribe. For those of you that are listening over at Mojo Five O, always a pleasure to be able to share this time and this content with you and appreciate you listening. Take some time, if you would, whether you're listening to the podcast, listening over at Mojo Five O, uh, take some time to go over later on after the show, after this episode, and go to YouTube. You can find my YouTube channel there. You look for my name, Jeremy Stalnecker. You can find me, uh, of course, there. Find the channel, a lot of content. I would love for you to subscribe to that content there. Hit the notification bell. That will let you know when more content like this and other things, of course, come online. And I would love to share that with you. I do my best to, in the midst of all of the other content creation uh, that I'm doing and that we're doing, to put uh, as much content as possible there. And I would love for you to subscribe there. Uh, Also, you can follow my social media uh, channels, pages, platforms, whatever they're called. (laughs) You can follow them. Uh, I'm active, of course, on Facebook. Uh, I have a Twitter account, and yet I do my best to stay away from Twitter. But on Facebook, for sure, uh, use my name, Jeremy Stolnecker. And then on Instagram. Instagram tends to be where I am the most active right now. And uh, I'd love to share that content with you as well. Again, look for my name, Jeremy Stalnecker. You can find that or you can go to my blog page, which has all of my contact information. Again, my name, JeremyStolnicker.com. Uh, I'm not a smart person, so I have to use one thing for everything. That one thing is my name. I've had it basically since I was born basically. And uh, I like to use that. So look for com. You can find all of my contact information, all the socials, and a link to my YouTube channel. Would love to share that with you. And again, thank you for being here. This is the March or Die show where every week we talk about how to move forward when it feels like your world is falling apart. And so often it feels like our world is falling apart. And uh, I'll tell you, when we look at our world broadly, not specific to our situation, but we look at our world broadly; it can become so confusing and so overwhelming. And if you are in touch at all with what's happening in the world and in our culture, in, and in our culture, having a hard time talking in our culture, uh, then you would have to conclude that things seem to be at least falling apart. It's so hard to understand exactly what's going on. One of the areas that is confusing right now is the area of gender roles and what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And so many of these things are front and center. We're trying to plow through that. Uh, I have a guest on today that I'm very excited to share with you, um, someone that uh, you may or may not be familiar with. His name is Moses Birdie. Moses does a number of things, but... What we're going to talk about today is his ministry, the Biblical Masculinity uh, Podcast. is his podcast, biblicalmasculinity.org is his website. has a lot of content there uh, dealing with this topic of biblical masculinity. And we're going to talk about this, but uh, I love the way he breaks this down, the way he explains this. It's so clear uh, as to why it is so needed (laughs) to understand gender roles specific to what he talks about, masculinity. From a biblical perspective, if you don't have the right foundation, then everything else is going to be uh, rocky at best constantly changing, constantly shifting, never quite sure uh, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to think. You must be solidly on a biblical foundation. And Moses talks about that. I I, I love his perspective on this. Um, uh, He'll tell you his story of growing up and where he came from. Fascinating story. And love what he's doing now. Happy to share this conversation with you. And uh, I trust it will be a help to you. Please enjoy this conversation with Moses Birdie. Moses Birdie, glad to have you here today, man. Thanks for jumping on. Pleasure. Absolute I, pleasure. I just found out right now that you're getting married this week. So uh thanks for pushing off the less important things to come and talk to me. <laughs> I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh um, yeah, my, my fiance's in the other room and she's pretty stoked for me to be on the podcast
1: in and of itself. So it's uh you know, it's not necessarily uh too much of a sacrifice at the moment. We're we're doing a small thing here in uh Tennessee, and so it's it's hasn't taken a ton of stress or a ton of time or, right. <laughs> um, a lot of like emotional commitment, Yeah. But at least, at least for me, um, yeah. when it comes
0: to the wedding. So it's, it's I good to the, be able to have I think that the guy cool. always, the guy always says that I think. Yeah. So that's not a big Probably. deal. If I'll, I'll get married, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, how hard can it be? Uh, man, no, I appreciate it. Um, you know, We just met, actually, just right now, but we've been communicating over the last couple of weeks, and uh, uh-huh. I've enjoyed your content and your podcast, and uh, actually, your Instagram page is great because you put a lot of quotable, thoughtful things on there, which I appreciate. Um, it's the Biblical Masculinity Podcast, and that's the name of your ministry, Biblical, Biblical Masculinity, mm-hmm. um, and I want to talk about a lot of that because I, I think... You're right. And this is something we talk about a lot. It's absolutely crucial, particularly right now that we understand gender roles as given by God, what it means to be a man and all those things. I want to jump into that. Um, but your story is interesting as well. Episode one of your podcast, you, you asked the question kind of rhetorically, what qualifies me to talk about biblical masculinity? And you said, you know, really nothing except that I'll go back to the Bible and, and take that position. Um, and yeah. I think that's what qualifies you but I think your story, the process that you've gone through has also qualified you to have this conversation. Can you talk about that a little bit growing up in a foster home and, and kind of where you, where you've come from? Yeah. So, I mean,
1: like you said, you know, I, I I grew up in a foster home and, and I came from a family and my, my parents specifically, uh, they were addicted to alcohol. Um, there was probably some drugs involved. My father was, uh, a criminal and in and out of jail, um, and so I really didn't have a father figure in my life at all, um, and my my mother was you know constantly either drinking to cope with a number of different issues or or just completely out of the picture. Um, so for a very long time, I had really no masculine presence in my life, um, and then I was adopted and. Uh, into a a good Christian household. And um, I started to kind of see what um, life with Christ looks like uh, to some degree, or at least what a marriage uh, with, with Christ looks like um, through, through the birdies. And, and that was a real blessing to me. But even with that, I still kind of um, felt like there was a bit of a masculine presence missing and, and, there's a number of reasons for that. I think primary among them, uh, you know, my, my father's a wonderful man. Um, he has worked incredibly, incredibly hard, um, to provide for, for my family and, and for, for my sisters, um, and for me. And I think in a large part, because there was so much going on, he devoted a lot of time into work and, and not necessarily didn't necessarily balance his, his, time with us and and teaching and coaching and kind of drawing my brother and I into this journey of masculinity. Um, And so I didn't really feel like I got that as much as I needed to. And so, you know, I grew up, got older, went to college, kind of fell out of the Christian circles that I found myself in when I was in high school and and involved in the church, Um, fell off the map a little bit and, Um, after college, I I found myself in a place where God kind of just had to break me down and he he had to break down all these things that I had put my trust in, um, whether it was my job, uh, the relationship I was in, my friendships, my family ties, all of those things started to kind of slowly deteriorate. And I ended up, uh, relocating from Orlando to Nashville, Tennessee, and, uh, Yeah, everything was just kind of crumbling. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, you know, I don't have anything left. You know, I mean, I I was still working, I still had a job, but I was in a position where, I mean, realistically, like I moved in large part because I I was in a very bad position with my current job. You know, I requested a transfer out of that position to try and escape it, but it followed me here. Um, And it took me getting to a point where I just had to like, Say all right, do what you will. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. there's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I've tried that has worked for me. Um, I need to, at this point, just absolutely surrender, and, and that's something that I'm constantly trying to do. Uh, that's a conversation that I, I, literally just had with Becca this morning, uh, my fiance, and um, it's about potentially moving to places. It's, you know, we, we're trying to just keep our hands open and and keep our faith in uh, in Christ and not in what we can provide for ourselves but what he where he leads us and what he provides for us so um you know it's been a constant battle a constant fight but um god breaking down all of these these different uh i don't know securities that i built for myself has led me to understand him in a more deep and rich way than i ever had before you know it's Mm -hmm. what got me into studying theology it's what you know, pushed me to um, really understand my own epistemology, um, you know, how how do I know what I know to be true as truth, and, and you know, founding everything on scripture, and, and being able to kind of look through the fog of what we're seeing in society, and we're seeing in modern culture, and even in the modern evangelical church, you know, there's a lot of things that we're seeing right now that You know, if we look through the Bible, the lens of scripture as, as the filter, um, it proves itself to be false or not, not the scripture, but the the things that we see in culture, they prove prove itself to be false. And so um, that kind of led me into, okay, like we're hearing a lot of this stuff about masculinity um, about how it's toxic, about how men should be more feminized, how, you know, uh, strength of character, uh, conviction. Uh, leadership it's it's all kind of crumbling and and being replaced with this uh very non-gender specific uh very weak and kind of malleable type of christianity and masculinity that's that's really a huge detriment to our society ultimately and to the kingdom of god and so with biblical masculinity what i'm kind of trying to do is is really look at what the Bible says about, um, you know, all of these things that we're dealing with, all of these things that we're having to confront and, and put a, an, a real biblical perspective that doesn't care about getting slammed by the media or, right. or right. shot down by people on Twitter. Like I, I want to make sure that I don't care about that so that I don't, um, corrupt the yep. teaching and the sound doctrine. And so that's, that's the push right now. And we're trying to do that on a number of different avenues, but I'm really excited where that's going. That's,
0: yeah. That's awesome. I, I think your journey is what has led you to the point where you're able to do what you're doing. I, I find it fascinating because God takes us through these processes. Um, you, you have uh, one of the quotes that's on your Instagram page. I wrote it down because I thought it was great. God will not protect you from anything that is going to make you more like Jesus. <laughs> you know, what a yeah. great what a great quote right and and when we look at even what we would call suffering or trials or tribulation or broken past however we would frame any of that uh so often God brings us through that process to get us to the place he really wants us to be and uh, you know your story i think is is that it's it's the redemptive work of god it's it's God redeeming your past to bring you to a place where you're helping other people um it it's awesome I, you know i think uh you're talking about your dad and growing up in a Christian home and and him not necessarily investing, um, you know, in terms of knowledge and what you needed to navigate forward. I think we've come through a period of time where Christian homes and Christian parents could rely on the systems around them to do some of that, uh, you know, church and even school to some extent and little league and all of these things. And that's just, that's all gone away. And so now, we're at a place where parents should have always been intentional. I'm not dismissing that, but um, I have said for a long time that parenting, biblical parenting, is is nothing more than biblical discipleship. It's it's the it's the Great Commission lived out. It's yeah. the uh, you know go and teach and include and baptize and then teach to teach. It's it's that process played out in your home. And um, now you having the opportunity to give other men the tools to do that you know, in their own lives and with their kids is, uh, it's incredible. I think it's wonderful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately that's the goal. You know, I, I just, I was asked about a month ago, um, what my biggest fear was by somebody on Instagram. And it took me a little bit to think about that. And ultimately, like, I understand, I understand what I'm called to do in the great commission, you know, go out, make disciples of all nations, baptizing right. in the name of the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. Um, And that, that, that is the mark, the, the framework for all of our marching orders. But at the end of the day, like, I think my biggest fear is I just don't want to let, I don't want to let Jesus down.
0: Sure. You know what I mean? Sure.
1: And, and I think, I think that takes a lot of, um, commitment to, to really putting him first and, and ultimately that's what I want to do with all of this. And that's what I want to do with my relationship with Becca and my marriage. And, um, and I just feel like if, if the, if what it takes is me throwing everything away and, and doing this full time, like that's, it's a worthy endeavor. All of this is a, it's a worthy endeavor because if we can make men more biblically minded if we can make more men apt to, to, to pursue what it says in the scripture before we, before what, you know, Eber X. Kendi says about, about race. Right. You know, I, yeah. I think, I think our society, our world, our church will be much more better off. And that takes, I mean, I mean, honestly, it takes an, an intentionality, like honestly, this world has never seen Correct. Um, that, that men are going to have in order to turn everything around that we're seeing currently playing out in society. I mean, when you, you mentioned that we rely on our systems that, that are kind of built around us. Um, We can't do that anymore. I mean, I I was on Twitter this morning and it was talking about kids and, and there was a, it was a, an interview that somebody had recorded secretly um, of this. I think it was a superintendent talking about how they were demonizing white kids. And at the end of the day, like when we see stuff like that, it just reinforces the idea that it's like it's our responsibility as men to make sure that our kids aren't being indoctrinated. They're being taught what Scripture says about the biblical worldview. Yes, and and if that means that we we really get intentional and we start homeschooling, then that's what needs to happen. You know, we have to be able to to abandon our reliance on on society and and these structural systems that have been put in, in place in the last hundred years and just, you know,
0: do what we need to, we know we need to do in order to be obedient and and faithful to Christ and to the Scriptures. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. And it is the intentional part. I think that's what we've missed for a long time. I think again, Christian parents have missed this. Fathers have missed this with their kids being very intentional. Uh, my dad, when I was a little kid, he made me memorize his verse because he made me memorize a lot of verses uh, e- Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. And I've never forgotten it. I go back to it again and again. Uh, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That's the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yep. um, you know, I, like you, my probably biggest fear would be not pleasing God. Well, what do I need to do to please God? Well, I need to fear him, you know, that's honor him, that's mm-hmm. live for him, and do what he says. Um, but we've lost so much of that. And this is, man, this is so important to intentionally teach our children after we've made a commitment ourselves to fear God, respect him, to honor him, and then to do what he says. Um, yeah. Talk about, if you would, masculinity um, broadly, because gender issues are something in our society. Uh, I mean, to say they're under attack is is uh, definitely an understatement. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> our, our kids two years from now aren't gonna, going to know what, you know, gender means or what it's supposed to mean or whatever. Um, Talk about masculinity from two, two standpoints, if you wouldn't mind, Uh, kind of the toxic masculinity idea, if you can talk about that for a minute, and then the importance of a biblical understanding of masculinity um, to society, to our families, you know, why is that important? So uh, break down this toxic masculinity thing. And then why is it important that men understand what God created them to be?
1: yeah so I mean, what we see playing out in society right now with with the term toxic or the ideal of toxic toxic masculinity um, i I think is really predicated on on people not understanding that masculinity as an ideal is neutral in nature um, and it, it's not it's neither good nor bad it right. it's a uh, it's a summation of characteristics and, and how you apply those, right. those traits and those characteristics is what determines it to be good or bad. Yeah. And so, I mean, I could be something that I, I like to talk about with, with a lot of the guys on biblical masculinity. Um, there, there are four main traits that I think are incredibly crucial. Um, they're competence, uh, commitment, consistency and command. And I put them as C's because it makes them a little bit easier to right. remember. Sure. But, yeah. You know, when it comes to, for example, toxic masculinity, a lot of, uh, at least with the neo-feminist culture, they, they like to label a lot of men at, and use terms like mansplaining, that kind of thing. So they take the idea of commanding men um, and they paint it in a negative light because it, right. it makes men too dominant, makes right. men too aggressive, like verbally aggressive, or, or they take up too much room or what have you. Yep. And at the end of the day, if, if you're... If, if a man is using the idea of, or the, the characteristic of being commanding for negative means or towards a negative goal, then of course it's going to be deemed as toxic, you know, but in light of the biblical worldview um, we have to understand that that should never be the end goal. You know, we're supposed to be kind and compassionate to sure. one another, forgiving sure. each other, just as in Christ, God gave us. So if we're pain, if we're using um, masculine traits and masculine characteristics, if we're being, if we're for developing our own level of self mastery and competence, if we're if we're maintaining consistency with the biblical worldview, and that means sometimes that means that you stand on biblical truth, and that is a hill you die. Um, you know, when it comes to being uh, commanding in, in nature, that's leading your family. Well, that's leading your neighborhood. Well, that's, you know, leading in your church, that's understanding, you know, where to draw the line. It kind of goes in place with, I think, you know, knowing what hills to die on and whatnot, you know, but those things can be taken as negative, but if we're living according to the biblical worldview and we're fighting for what Jesus says to fight for, then those things will always be positive because, at the end, of, I mean, obviously, to those who who want to do evil and yep. who want to push evil agendas and narratives, of course, they're going to think it's toxic, and that's a fi- that's a fight that we have to take to them sometimes. But at the end of the day, I think that is the delineation between toxic masculinity and biblical masculinity, yeah. um, in and of itself. And but so
0: that word masculinity yeah. is deemed as toxic, right? If you try to be a man, you're you're toxic, but but it's, it's how you, it's how you use that. It's like anything else. Yeah. God has created us and the devil has perverted it. And uh, even if masculinity says something is given to us by God is perverted or used wrongly, then um, it's harmful, but that's not what we're talking about when we talk about being men.
1: Exactly. You know, being, being men means that we understand that we're made uh, in the image of God Right. and that we're made differently from women and that, men have uh, very specific traits and physical characteristics and mental and emotional characteristics that, that we are blessed with by God that are very, very different from women. And we're supposed to use those to further the kingdom. And we're supposed yeah. to use those to honor Jesus, just as women are supposed to use the characteristics that they're given to honor
0: Jesus. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. that's you know, When we,
1: when we fall into our roles as God has given them to us, um, what we end up seeing is, is this complementarianism that is talked about in a lot of Christian circles where, you know, a true complementarianism is, you know, I, I lift you up where you need to be lifted up and you lift me up where we need, where I need to be lifted up. And that's, that's how men and women within the roles that were prescribed by God to play, you know, that's how we, we become successful as a society. That's how we have successful marriages and relationships and, And that's uh, ultimately, I think, the the big push that we need to take in light of these ideas and and ideologies behind toxic masculinity and and the Equality Act and all of this crazy stuff that's happening right right
0: now. Why, um, in your opinion, do you believe that gender roles uh, have become such a big issue? And you talk about complementarianism. I mean, the the fight between that and the egalitarian kind of uh, model that everything is the same, everything is equal, even within the church, is a huge fight right now. Why are gender roles so under attack right now?
1: Um, you know, I think when it comes to gender roles, I don't. I think it's against. It goes all the way back to the original sin. Right. You know, um, when God said you can to eat of any fruit, you just can't eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and man sinned against him, it was not that the fruit was good. It wasn't that, you know, God said not to, and we were just being spiteful. It's a matter of sovereignty. And when you start to infringe on somebody's sovereignty, I feel like society just started to, I mean, I think that's kind of what happens with the complementarian point of view. I mean, you put people in somewhat, you put parameters around some people's actions and about what they, around their identities, because that's kind of what God has set. He's, he has set parameters um, and they want to stray. They want to be their own person. They want to take command of their own lives. And at the end of the day, as Christians, we are supposed to be an absolute and perfect surrender to Jesus. And, and that means adhering to his sovereignty and not our own. And so I think we, we come across this issue of, of, you know, egalitarianism you know, because people they want to they want to feel equal. They want to feel like you know they have uh, a grasp on their life and now on their direction and on their purpose. And um, that on the surface doesn't seem like a bad thing, but what it is indicative of is a, a lack of surrender um, to the will of God. And so, you know, I think you ha- you come across this a lot more nowadays than you did, you know, maybe a hundred years ago. And,
0: sure.
1: um, now it's predicated on, uh, a misalignment of facts and, and just ignorance, I think, in, in a lot of things. So, you know, you have the idea that men and women can do everything equally. We are the same and, you know, it just kind of snowball. It's a, it's a, it's a snowball of, of ignorance because yeah. you end up down the line with things like, you know, we should all just cut off our genitalia and mute yeah. ourselves and be neither male nor female. We're a asexual, a age, gendered, whatever it's called nowadays.
0: <laughs> because that is the natural <laughs> conclusion, right? Is like, well, gender apparently is bad, so let's just eliminate yeah. it. Yeah, um, so. and I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's a desire sinful, rebellious against God desire to throw off the authority of God. He's told us what to do and how to do it. And so particularly not just in marriage or in relationship, but gender more broadly in society, uh, we are created in the image of God and to um, push back or rebel against that. We say, well, God can't tell me who to be or what to be or how to act or what to think. And Uh, It creates absolute chaos. And I I think when you talk about the importance or the value of getting back to an understanding of biblical masculinity, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, it's restoring order in the midst of this chaos that we're living through.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, we we understand as Christians that uh, the Bible is the sole source of authority uh, Mm -hmm. and the will of God. It is the word of God and therefore the voice of God. Um, And obviously there are different you know, sects of Christianity that will say, oh, well, you can have, you know, the spirit speaking through you and and, and to you in in ways that aren't necessarily coming directly from scripture. Right. I think a lot of, you know, Christians believe that, you know, the Bible is the first and foremost authority, if not the only authority. And so once we start to, to really uh, understand the importance of it, and, and take the time to be intentional with the Word of God and, and really step into, um, you know, the, the Bible every day and make that our framework and kind of set our face, you know, against the world each day by, by really investing time into the Word. Um, you know, I think that puts a lot of things in perspective that maybe weren't there before. And it, it hopefully, ideally, we'll put um, a lot of these uh, just honestly, bad ideologies, unbiblical ideologies, uh, in pa- paint, them in, in a true light. Um, so that Christians primarily can see them for what they really are. And, uh, hopefully if Christians see them for what they really are and they decide that they want to be faithful to Christ and be obedient to Christ, then they will be vocal enough about it and, and have a source to point back to so that they have an apologia, They have a, a source of truth. Um, you know, if they're being vocal about it, then we can change society and we can kind of redirect things back to Christ and, and reorient
0: society back uh, to, to more of a kingdom focus. So, yeah, that's great. And it's the only way to move forward. I one of the things I appreciate about, you know, again, the content that you produce is your commitment to scripture um, and commitment to biblical authority. That's the only thing we should be committed to, because it says that we're able to be yeah. committed to God and his plan for our lives and, you know, his broader will. What I talk about a lot on this show in particular is how to move forward in the face of trial, how to move forward in the face of of difficulty. And whether it's applied to gender roles or masculinity or life, you know, again, more broadly, it's commitment to scripture that allows us to move forward in the midst of chaos and confusion and whatever else is going on in our lives. Um, You talked about how you came to kind of this point where you said, I want to create, you know, resource and podcast and community to help men uh, become what God created them to be. If a person says, okay, I understand. um, I need to be committed to scripture. I understand that, but I don't know where to start in your journey. When you came to the place where you said, I need to be committed to God. Therefore I must be committed to scripture. And I need to let that work in my life what was the process that you went through or what are some things that a person listening can say, um, the world is out of control. How we view things is, is so unclear. It's constantly shifting because it's not based on anything solid. I want to build my life on the unchangeable word of God. Um, where do they start? What are the steps that, that, that need to be taken to get there? Um, uh,
1: yeah, there's the, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, let me start with a story, brief story. So I was kind of in this place for, for a little bit, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago where I kind of didn't really know um, what or how to adjust the idea of denominations and and things within the church. So I was kind of listening to a lot of different and taking from a lot of different things and and denominations and pastors. And, uh, you know, I I learned a, a lot about, uh, you know, reform theology and things like that, and I think, I think that there's a there's a really big difference in churches that I didn't realize was there. Um, and I think, first and foremost, The most important thing is finding uh, a church that preaches the gospel for and, and the Bible first, and right. and gets away from. the, the, and, and I don't, I don't mean to like demonize churches like Hillsong and stuff that do like the light shows and whatnot, because, you know, to each their own, I just feel like when the focus is on a man who's, who's wants to be faithful to God. And so he sits up at a pulpit, he reads straight out of the Bible. I think that is the most important thing because you see you get to hear an an exposition of the word of God. We know that the word of God is, um, is is good for, for teaching for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. So, so you get the rebuke, you get the Holy spirit moving within you when you hear that, because it's not, it's not your opinion. It's not my opinion. It's not somebody's uh, enlightened, you know, like secret knowledge that they got from the Holy spirit. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think, finding a church that, that focuses specifically on the word of God will give you um, clarity and direction for the rest of the week. Um, And then within that period of time where I was, I was kind of searching through like pastors and churches and and I was open, honestly, to the idea of moving anywhere in the country to just get the right kind of teaching that fed me spiritually. Um, And I actually came across the pastor who's based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. His name is Michael Todd. And, one of the uh, things that Michael Todd preached about one day was it was, it was on tithing, but it wasn't about money. It was about the idea of first fruits. And so he goes back to the idea of the the story of Cain and Abel. And, and I, that kind of always was something that shook me a little bit was like, okay, man, like Cain offered, you know, he gave a (laughs) sacrifice too. Like it was what he had. It was what he knew. And, you know, he was a farmer and Abel was a, you know, he, he had flocks of sheep and, you know, they, they gave out of, out of what they had and what's the wrong with that. And then he broke it down for me. Michael Todd broke it down in a way. And he's like, God doesn't want your leftovers. He wants your first fruits. Hmm. Yeah. And something that he said was, it's not always about money either. It can be about what you have produce wise, your Hmm. time. And he's like, how much time do you give to God every day? And realistically, like if we're, if we're talking about tithing, we're talking about first fruits, God asks for 10%. And so am I giving 20 minutes of the end of my day to God? Or if I'm up for one or for 15 hours a day, am I giving an hour and a half of the first fruits of my day to understanding what the Bible says? to under, to hearing from God, to, to communing with God. And I'm not perfect. I don't, I don't give a full hour and a half every day, but a lot of times that comes to, to, you know, me trying to get in the word first thing, me spending, you know, 20, 15 to 30, 15 to 20 minutes in prayer. Um, and then me listening to, I don't know, pastors from, from, that I can't get here in Nashville from across the country that I like their teaching. Um, they have good insight on, on the world um, on, on how to live according to the biblical worldview. Like maybe that's my commute to work. So I start my day in prayer and then the Bible, and then on my co- my hour long commute to my job, I was, I was listening to the word and that's something that changed a lot for me because I started to not want to, to soak in all of kind of the worldly media. You know, I stopped listening yep. to the radio. I stopped listening to music, Christian music, even, you know, there's a lot of Christian music that I kind of noticed wasn't exactly biblical and in, in a lot of their theology, And so I was like, eh, maybe I should stop listening to this too. And, you know, I really just spent a lot more time in that. And so I think when it comes to um, recovering from, you know, hardship or or being inundated with what the world is telling you and and the confusion that we experience as as Christians in a society um, that hates God, you know, I think... I think the two best things that men can do are really find expository teaching in a church that is focusing first and foremost on the word of God and not in trying to get as many people in the doors as possible, but really feeding from the word. Um, And then I think tithing your time um, and giving your first fruits to God in in, in scripture. I think those are probably the two most important things that any Christian, uh, let alone any man,
0: can do to move forward. Yeah, that's fantastic. When you're looking for a church, it's interesting you say that. I, I think, um, you know, to do it right, you flip it upside down. A lot of people look at the periphery. What's the building like? How many people are there? What's the music like? All those things that you know we could probably spend hours arguing about. Um, And then they get to and and how is the teaching or how is the preaching? And it must begin with is the preaching of the word of God present, and is it faithfully taught, as the Bible would say. Uh, expository, meaning, you know, word, you know, verse by verse uh, through the Bible. And then if the other stuff is there, that's, you know, that's another discussion, but um, it has to begin with that. And then, yeah, the, the tithe, man, the principally, it's just committing what God has put in your hands back to him and to his work. And once that commitment's made, Um, You're well on your way to having that foundation. And I think, you know, whether it's talking about gender roles, uh, masculinity, femininity, uh, all of this other crazy stuff we're talking about right now, or just dealing with something difficult that's happened in your life, you have to have your feet firmly planted on the word of God in order to know how to move forward. Um, Absolutely. Man, that's awesome. Uh, Man, we can talk all day. Hopefully, we'll talk again. Uh, Help those who are listening know where to find your podcast and, you know, what other whatever other content you'd like to push them toward. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, we are doing our best to try and tailor our content as much towards, towards building up and edifying men as humanly possible. And we've got a website, biblicalmasculinity.org. You can find all of our, all of our content for the most part on, Um, we're on Twitter a little bit. We're on Instagram. That's kind of where we're heaviest on the social media side of things. And our podcast um, though it's just getting going is on, on basically anywhere that you can find podcasts. We're on, Excuse on Spotify, we're on uh, stitcher, we're on Apple podcasts, the whole nine yards. Um, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of content that we're trying to push, uh, in the near future. We want to create an area where men can, can build community with one another. So that's in the works. Um, we've got a, uh, workshop that I'm putting out, hopefully by the end of the month, um, that's going to be on how to, how to, walk in freedom from the addiction to pornography because like 70% of men deal with that. And unfortunately that statistic doesn't discriminate between Christians and non-Christians. So, right. you know, being able to provide content, provide biblical insight into those types of things, um, I think is incredibly important and and we're going to invest as much time as possible and as much energy and, uh, sleepless nights as possible into yeah. getting this content out. It'll be all available on our website, the dot org. Yeah.
0: And your content's great. Uh, you know, again, that's something else I appreciate about what you're doing. You're producing not only quality content in in the conversations, but your website's beautiful. I mean, everything you do is is done really well. So um, definitely for those that are listening, check it out. Um, You will be blessed by that. Moses Birdie. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Hopefully we can have another conversation. I think there's a lot more we could talk about. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll make it happen. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm always so encouraged to have conversations like this one with people like Moses, uh, who is articulate, who is intelligent, who explains these concepts in ways that we can understand them, and who is committed to a biblical understanding of these things that are so important. I uh, appreciate Moses and his, uh, his time today. Hopefully we'll have him back on. There are a lot of other things I wanted to talk about. And we couldn't because of time, but uh, I'm sure we'll connect again. Go ahead and check out his website. He gave that earlier, biblicalmasculinity.org. Check that out. You can look find him on Instagram as well. And uh, a lot of great content there. I would love to point you that direction. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Look forward to doing this again next time. And as we conclude, I'll remind you as I do every week. In life, there are times that will be overwhelming. There will be trials, there will be difficulties, there will be uncertainties, and there will be confusion. And in those moments, you have to make a decision. You can either march, that is putting one foot in front of the other, moving to the place where you can better affect the enemy and win the battle, or you can die. You can stay where you are, hit it into neutral, and just exist. You can march, or you can die. But thankfully, the choice to do either is always up to you. Thank you. We'll talk to you next
1: week. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry. Your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus. So ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.